um, but you're really doing it for the publicity. I always tell people, you're traveling, you're going to go do that. Me, honestly, I try to make money. Obviously, now I'm making money when it comes to it. But back then, you want to break even. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't you don't want to go and you want to think that you're going to make $1,000. Right. Like, now it's easier for me to do something like that. Like, mm-hmm. back then, you're not making $1,000 a week. Man. You right. Break even, get your food, get your stay, get your networking, come back and use that clout to sort of charge people or, you know, run run it up here. Right. Now. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? That's kind of like what it is. Definitely. Hey y'all, welcome back to another episode of Y'all Talk Podcast, a podcast y'all should be talking about. Um, It's been a little minute since I've been in the studio, but we're back and I'm very happy that I'm here today with my guest. So Today's guest is heavily in the music industry um, themselves, but they've also worked with artists like Hardo, Fed the God, Ugly God, and they've been to multiple cities um, to just work with music in general. So I'm excited today to pick his brain, give you guys a little bit of insight into the music world, and talk about a whole bunch of other stuff. So if you want to just tell him your name, anything I might have missed, what they should know about you before we dive in. What's up? My name is Tone. Um, I perform as Turn Me Up Tone. People know me as Turn Me Up Tone. Um, I'm an artist, producer, audio engineer, promoter. I do a whole bunch of stuff, I guess, at this point. I, we'll get into it more and more, but I'm super mm-hmm. happy to be here. Yeah. I've seen your episode with Seiko. Shout out Seiko. And Shout I out Seiko. It. And I was like, dude, I would love to be on here. So I was yes. psyched when I got that email back. Yes, I was happy to see it. I'm like, oh, okay, yeah. So shout out to Seiko. Um, so, yeah, just how are you in general? We talked a little bit before the cameras started rolling, but... I'm tired. I almost died today. I feel like I'm. I'm keeping it chill though. Make sure I had like an allergic reaction and uh, I was breaking out, so I had to take a Benadryl. But I'm here and I'm mm-hmm. feeling good. Well, yeah. what were you doing last night? You said you, uh, you ate something. So I went to um. I was at a bar called Garvey's mm-hmm. and we were trying foods for um shorties, pins, and pints because they're gonna start having our wine from Wines of America over there. So we were trying stuff and like, you know, pairing stuff. And I think I just ate like a piece of cheese or something that I just wasn't, I don't know. I don't yeah. know, something stupid something. like that. But mm-hmm. I woke up and I was like, oh my God. And I was taking Benadryl. Now I feel okay though. Yeah, so let's go. So before I get into the main part of the episode, I like to start with the this or that game. Um, so I have three questions, two options. You this pick one okay. and then you explain why. Okay. Okay. So the first one is, and we talked about this too, <laughs> is summer or winter? <clears throat> I would say winter. I make more money in the winter time, personally. Ooh. I like the winter time because I feel like people are always in the studio. People mm-hmm. are like kind of, yeah, I feel like here you have to be. But then on the flip side of the coin of like just like, you know the world and how it looks i love the way like snow looks Mm -hmm. you know i'm originally from florida we were talking about that so i didn't get to see snow until i moved here like real snow Mm -hmm. and i remember the first time it was like a year before that mega storm happened here i don't know if you remember there was like all this snow and um i thought it was freaking amazing so i fell in love with it as soon Mm -hmm. as i got to see that for real yeah i think i mean i'm gonna pick summer only because I, i already said i just hate the cold but festivities wise winter for sure i think most people would pick summer summer's popping it, it is summer's poppin'. it is but it'll be going on you know but winter that's a good answer though you make more money in a winter you definitely do let me make my answer winter okay i'll pick winter <laughs> too so 
Number two is live forever or wake up every day with a new superpower. Definitely not live forever. Why not? Uh, I mean, personally, like my mom was born in Bogota, Colombia, so my mm-hmm. mom's Colombian, so I was raised very spiritual. I believe you live forever either way, mm-hmm. so I think it would be pretty cool to have a different superpower every day. I always talk about that. I think my superpower would be like just making weed anywhere. Like anywhere. I wish I could just have weed. Like if I could go like, and then weed. And it just there. pops up. That's all I would really care about. Or flying. Flying would be pretty cool. Flying would be pretty cool. And what would be like the worst superpower you could get in your opinion? Ant-Man. Well, I guess that's not even a superpower. Let me not hate on Ant-Man. That's like a soup, but. Um, I don't even fuck with Ant-Man. So I don't, we could People love house. Ant-Man for some reason. I didn't even watch the movie. I just have no interest. I don't know. Like, what, what would be a bad? I guess there's no bad superpowers. I mean, think. I guess I'm a nerd a little bit. So, like Wolverine, you know that girl in Wolverine that, like, when you touch somebody, they die. That would be pretty bad. I don't know. If yeah. You've okay. Ever well, yeah, that's not even a superpower at that point. She's like in love with this guy, and like, they can't even touch, but then they end up touching at the end of the movie. It's like. And she kills him. Yeah, it's romantically Damn. dramatic. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Mm. Well, okay, I definitely wouldn't pick Live Forever, just honestly, because, like, for what? Honestly? You there's, could see, not that much shit to coin, do. You could see some cool-ass, like, like technology, but to be honest, after you hit about 200, they're going to put you in a facility somewhere. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're going to be testing Someone's going to notice that your eyes have been alive for a long they're gonna be, time, you know, to be honest. They're going to start testing you and shit. Mm-hmm. You're going to end up dying either way. I don't know. All right, well, that's my pick, too. I'm going to say Superpower as well. Um, so third and last is play it safe where you're comfortable or take a risk of losing everything for an opportunity. Take a risk. I'm always take a risk. Like my family, my mom went to school for musical theater. Mm-hmm. So like there's art, arts in my family. And, but my dad was always like the play it safe type of dude. But right out of high school, and well, I guess we'll get more into it later, I was already making beats for people. Like, I knew I was going to do music full-time when I was 18, mm-hmm. and I still ended up going to college for a semester and kind of were wasting money and regretting it because then I ended up just coming out and just doing, you know, after a month, coming I'm not a month, a semester, mm-hmm. coming out and, like, doing my own thing. But I believe you got to bet on yourself, especially if you're younger, bet on yourself every day of the week. Nobody else is going to bet on you. Yeah. And don't think anybody else is going to bet on you. you got to bet on you. Yeah, that's definitely my answer. I kind of already knew that was going to be your pick just from like my, your whole everything, the whole vibe. But um, that kind of gives perfect leeway into what I wanted to ask because I do want to get into the start of everything. I'm cheating. I'm looking. So No, you're fine. (laughs) It's not cheating. So rewind back to like when you first started making beats and everything. You said you were 16. So, no, I didn't start making – so I was, like, record. I guess I was making beats when I was 17, but I started when I was 16. Like, I was in marching band and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then, like, I know how to read and write music, and I was pretty good at it. Mm-hmm. And um, there was an opportunity that we got for, to do a song, like, score, like, songs for the movie Fences. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay. And shout out Miss Sharif from Obama. But me and her, we were, like, you know, I was bringing her stuff, and we were figuring stuff out. On how we were gonna get this, like, because it was gonna be for a movie, right? And then we would get credit. We got paid. Um, I ended up getting to meet him. Oh, and there's a cool. video of me, like, on Facebook of like little me. Mm-hmm. I w- uh, I mean, I guess you can go look at it, but like, I'm like real chubby, and 
it's just me and Denzel Washington talking about like drums and like figuring out how we were gonna like do it, and it ended up being in the movie, and in the and the the second one was in the credits that we did. We ended up I think submitting like four things. Oh, that's cool. And we we got to re- record like they recorded us live, like we were in like a marching band and stuff. But we had like a few different songs we were gonna do, and they ended up picking like what they wanted. Mm-hmm. Um, then that gave me that early introduction of like, oh wow, this is like cool. We I could really you know you know do this and make money granted i got like a check for like 45 dollars like it was like yeah, but, still, but as a 16 year old i'm like damn like yeah. you know but i was getting those i get i still get those to this day mm-hmm. so i get them every it's like we're seven eight months really should be sick but there's like a you know delay mm-hmm. uh, now it's only like 10 bucks but like slowly you know it goes down just because they don't watch the movie as much but i have you know it's pretty cool you know that to think about cool. so then i'm like okay i really want to do this i didn't really get involved with bee making until i met um a guy named delante murphy mm-hmm. shout out delante i love you delante he like had this beat maker thing and i never even realized because like at this point i'm just drumming mm-hmm. you know i'm playing for i play for bands and i like i play for like a steel band like all this shit and doing stuff like that so i didn't know how to turn that music into like computer right. yet um and then i met delante and he mm-hmm. taught me and then after that it was just boom you know and yeah, I was recording harder, like, in my basement from, like, you know, 17, 18 to now we're in, like, ID Labs, you know, mm-hmm. Fed, really Fed, shout out Fed, like, he's put me on, we have a song on my album, we'll talk about that later, but, mm-hmm. you know, he, he was, like, that main artist that I seen him, and I was like, oh, well, I'm gonna place my bet on him early on, and yeah. now he's doing his thing, you know. Mm-hmm. So do you feel like that, just that uh, experience with, like, the movie Fantas, was that, like, the inspiration? That yeah, that was, it? was it. it, that sparked it, as soon as that happened, that's when I was like, oh, I want to do, I got to do music. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, oh, I got to go on stage. So then 11, that 11th grade year, which is like, it was like a year later, I guess, mm-hmm. I did musical pit. And then after that, my senior year, well, I guess I did musical pit in 10th grade. And then I did like actually on the stage, but it was smaller stuff. And then I had a role in my senior year. I got nominated for a Gene Kelly award mm-hmm. for um, my role, Sweaty Eddie for a sister act. And that's when I was like, okay, i I love being on stage. I love doing the background. I just love this music shit. And my family was like, oh, God damn it. Like, you know, because mm-hmm. they wanted me to be a doctor. Like, I was good at science and math, but I always loved, like, music. Like, you know, I, you know. Yeah. So it started, it started with, like, beats, instruments, stuff. When did, like. It really started with drumming. Because if we're going to go back, mm-hmm. I've been drumming ever since I was moving. Okay. My dad's a drummer, mm-hmm. so like I got, I had, I was like that little kid with like a baby drum set playing. Yeah. So you yeah. like were born into it, basically. Yeah. I just, music. you know, mm-hmm. they're like, oh yeah, this, you know, this kid's gonna drum, like yeah. you make music. So then later on, I just learned different instruments and mm-hmm. just figured out like, and yeah. But the real inspiration, because I always loved music, but it was more of like, a, oh, I love this shit and I'm good at it, but I don't know if I could really do it as like a career. Mm-hmm. Sixteen. That's when I was like, okay. Yeah, I guess it might have been 15, 16 now that I think about it. Mm-hmm. I can't even think back. But that's when you like doubled down. But that's when I was like, oh, okay, mm-hmm. no, nah, I knew off rip. I was like, I'm going to go to college, but I'm going to do music. Yeah. And then after a semester, I was like, oh, yeah, just fuck this college mm-hmm. shit. I was class president. I went to Chatham University. I was class president. I'm so sorry, everybody at Chatham University. <laughs> they voted me in as class president. They trusted mm-hmm. me, and then I dipped. This is the thing. I don't regret it. Like, right, I hope everybody's doing good. I'm friends with them still. Right. You know. All good, all cool. So, when did like did that all come at once of like you becoming an artist, of producing and being an artist? Is that two separate? Or you just different. started. Okay, so when did that come in? So I, 
good question. I always wanted to be an artist. I always was writing my own music. I was writing for people. I write hooks and like write music for people to this day. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I always felt like I'm like oh, I don't know where my place is yet. You know, I had to figure it out. I, I didn't think my timing was there. Right. I want to say like three years ago, because I'm 24. So when I was like 21. Mm-hmm. And, like, this sort of rock vibe started coming back. And that was really more of my influence growing up, like, Green Day and stuff. I was like, okay. And then, like, you know what? Let me try to start doing some stuff like that. Mm -hmm. I was making, like, rock pop songs. And it was, like, going okay, you know, because I knew people, you know, whatever. But then we made the band, like, a year and a half ago. Mm -hmm. Shout out No Sleep for Zombies. Um, And that's what really, like, amplified, like, my artistry, I guess you could say. Because now we're performing all the time. We're mm-hmm. part of, like, production companies. We're getting, like, one to four shows a month. It didn't start like that, obviously, like, a year and a half ago. We had to build it up. Right. But, you know, they were in other bands, so it helped. And plus, like, me, and this is a, a common topic that I talk about with a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, it's hard to be a solo artist out here and doing it. Yeah. Like, having a band is is a lot easier. It's, mm-hmm. like, it's gen- like, it's genuinely so much easier. It's, especially in the city that's built for bands, <clears throat> like, mm-hmm. There's, there's a production company, Drusky, shout out Drusky Entertainment, but they book for bands. Like, you don't really see that in, like, solo artists or hip-hop people. Yeah. So, and I knew that because I was in the scene, so I was like, ah, oh, we're going to go this band route because I know we're going to get booked. And evidently, that, you know, pushed my own solo music, so it was helping because people would go, we perform, and they were like, oh, he has solo music, too. Right, mm-hmm. You Production know, so. Everywhere. But it was, it was a progressive thing. When I started, I was just a beat maker. Like, I was just yeah. making beats, and then I was audio engineering people, and then, you know, 21, I was like, okay, I remember having a conversation with, like, Fed and people, and they're like, I think I want to start making music, you know, um, yeah, I think, mm-hmm. you know, I'm happy I did, because now it's really, I get to make, like, my own club, house yeah. pop music, and then I get to make rock music, and, right. you know. You get to dabble everywhere, technically. You know. So, um... <clears throat> Just for the people who wouldn't know watching, like, can you just give, like, the general, like, the difference of the producer side versus being an artist for people who just might not actually know the terms? So a producer, I guess when it comes to making a song, there's, like, three roles to it. There's the artist, the producer, the audio engineer. Mm-hmm. Now, like, if we're making the song and then the beat's already made, like, a producer is, like, one of two things, technically. Mm-hmm. So, like, if he's making the beat, He's a producer, but if he's okay. also in the studio helping, like, move stuff around with the beat and evidently not making the beat, but just moving, like, like DJ Khaled never makes a beat. Mm-hmm. He always hires a producer, and then he also produces with the producer okay. as, like, sort of an overarching thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, But evidently, the producer is the beat maker, mm-hmm. you know, or somebody that's always dealing with the instrumental and beat. The audio engineer is just worried about the vocals. So he, his idea and his job is to... Get those vocals sounding as best as you can on that on that you know song, right. and then the artist is obviously performing. And to be honest with you, coming from somebody that's kind of doing all three, sometimes it's, it's hard. Like you yeah. kind of have to separate it because it's different minds. It's different. You're mm-hmm. a different mindset. You know, the producer is worried about making sure that beat is mainstream, making sure that beat sounds good into you. You know, yeah. like for your vibe. Where the artist is just worried about. How is, am I going to make this beat me? You know, they all have their role, but it's all corresponding. Mm-hmm. So when I'm making music, sometimes I take a step back and let a producer be a producer when I'm just supposed to be the artist. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely was going to ask that. Like, this, sometimes it just 
creep over because if you're a producer and you're making your own music, I feel like that would intertwine easily. Yeah, I always when I make a song, I, I rarely ever just record by myself. I always have one to two other producers in the room with me just because mm-hmm. I have my taste, but it's always good to have other people's tastes around, right. especially like in your niche. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like For I have sure. you know, EDM people or just pop people that are like you know, shout out back to Brazil and like, you know, they'll they'll kinda help me Dallas too. They'll kinda help me like form these songs and it's nice to have that vibe as like a mm-hmm. as like a nice studio room yeah. full of people. It's really like networking, honestly. Yeah, it's people. networking, it's working. At the end of the day, you need to be comfortable with those people. Like it's nice to have a studio session with like a bunch of people where you're networking, but it's also nice to have it where it's just like this four people but mm-hmm. we're all like looking at a song right. like a puzzle. It's familiar you know? in a way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what are some like skills generally you feel like you've obtained or grown with just doing all three of those things? I mean, regarding like specifics, like, you know, audio engineering, you know, I've, I've gotten to climb and become one of the more prominent audio engineers in the city. Shout out everybody else doing their thing as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but more importantly, I think I've been, I've really learned people skills, mm-hmm. like, you know, a lot of the times your people are coming into the studio and like, you know, they're there just to vent, you know, right. either on a song or like literally to you. But, mm-hmm. you know, being able to feel people out and make them feel comfortable in a moment of vulnerability when they're making music is right. something that I'm really good at. You know, mm-hmm. I think, you know, that's that that aspect of that people that's what really it's been teaching me you know and also networking because you know i was at rolling louds at freaking 18 Mm -hmm. you know i turned after i left college i went to live in florida for a year and i I had a manager shamari hearn and you know that's how i met ugly god that's how i got to do this stuff with him and you know you had to be just you had to grind you just have to be you know a force like you know you're out there and you're networking with those people you're out there you're you need you know you want to meet these people mm-hmm. in this environment, you know, and yeah. that's kind of what it taught. It gave me that animal instinct of like, okay, I'm going to get into a room and try to meet as many people as I can. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think I struggle with that even now. Like this, generally, I feel like was a big step for me because I'm very reserved. And I, I, I still am, though, honestly. I think most of us are. I mean, It's just normal. I feel more, I mean, you're when you're comfortable, you're comfortable. And if I'm comfortable by myself, that's what it is. But it's like, I love hearing like, People. Stories and shit. I love learning people via just life in general, but it's still like uncomfortable at first for me. Yeah. See, I'm a Gemini, so like <laughs> I could stay at home and I could be under a blanket and I could be watching Star Wars with my dogs, or I could be at Cabo fucking loving life. Like loving I, it. Oh, you're a Gemini. I'm a Taurus. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm working on it, but. <clears throat> I think it just takes time to. How old are you? I'm 21. Okay, so like, yeah, like, you know. I it's just also started forcing you... myself to yeah. do it, though. That's what, I think it's like a lot of people are different. Yeah. And I, I try to, like, ease my vibe a little bit because I don't want to be too overwhelming. Yeah. So I just try to feed off them in a way. That's usually how it feels. But it's not that bad, you know. I'm learning. Yeah. But that's definitely a good point. I feel like a lot of people sleep on networking. I really want to start throwing, you know, events networking sort of events with content creators at the forge yeah, like once every smart. few months like invite and make it a free event invite people you know have like you know buffet style food whatever mm-hmm. and let people network because you know i go to these events i'll go to like you know the uh, evas 
this this uh fashion designer Eva, we we went to her fashion show and you're networking with people and mm-hmm. but it's nice when it's a room full of like this is the thing, most artists, it's a room full of introverts. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. There's a very few of us that are like sort of that flamboyant in your face type of person. Like, you know, like I'm I'm kinda like that, but I also have that flip side of I can also be reserved as well. So right. but we're artists and I think when you get a room full of artists together, that's when artists feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. Like not a room full of randoms. Definitely. You know? So just on the topic topic of networking generally. So you like I said in the beginning, like you've worked with known a lot of known artists. So like where did that come about generally? Like just starting out. Luck, man. Luck. Luck of the draw, to be honest with you. Um you know, shout out Felipe. I still need to call Felipe, man. It's been a hectic few months, but um when I was when I was working in Florida this guy named Felipe Castaño that helped me a lot, and he had friends in the industry. And I think a lot of the times I'm very lucky I meet somebody or I'm related to somebody that have a, a friend in the industry, you know? Mm-hmm. Like in Florida, that's how I got connected to Shamari through him. I, we went right to his house, and I just played him beats. Mm-hmm. And he was having me play beats over and over and over again for him. And then he ended up, you know, signing me for that contract. Um, so I lucked out with that. And then, you know, here, like I said, I met Fed through friends. And mm-hmm. this was back in the day. And I said, oh, this dude's going to be pretty good. Yeah. And uh, I lucked out with that. You know, a lot of this is the right place, right time. you got to put the work in, but it's really right place, right time. Now I'm at the point where I can kind of maneuver and, like, leverage and be like, hey, you know, I want to work with you. Like, mm-hmm. you know, let's work something out. But in the early the early points, it was just really grinding, giving a lot of shit away for free and being in the right, right. place, right time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Would you have any tips for somebody who like struggles with networking generally or pushing themselves to network? A lot of people don't think networking is like an important thing. To I know. And I talk to people about that all the time. It is so important to network. Like, you know, I get it. You know, I, I have sessions that are very introverted and really don't really want to go out X, Y, and Z. But like I said, if you want to meet people and you want to make music, you got to be out, you know, and you got to be kind of in the scene. Yeah. And do your research. I mean, if too. you like an artist, like look him up, like right. and see when his next show is. Bring a friend and go to a show. Like right. the worst thing it could be is ass. Like it yeah. could be horrible. Honestly, like, you know, but just why not? And you probably you missed not, out on ten dollars, maybe mm-hmm. another ten dollars on a drink. I get it, money's tight right now, but right. you know, but you if, did it. At the same time, you're gonna go and you're gonna meet five people. What I say too, because like I do marketing now for a living, mm-hmm. you know, for the Forge. You could take $50, <clears throat> excuse me, you could take $50 and put it in Instagram ads, mm-hmm. right? Or you could get, take $50, or let's say $30, go get flyers, right. like, and literally go and be in front of somebody's face and try to give somebody a flyer and maybe get more, get the same 50 followers that you're looking for out of $50 with 30, mm-hmm. you know? And even, even beyond that, like, you know, say... You know, in terms of networking and networking events, you want to spend $50 on a Google ad, but you don't want to go out, take $30 from that Google ad, go out and actually have a good night with people and, and you know, yep. bring a little business card, which maybe will be $10 out of that $30, mm-hmm. you know, budget. Now you got $20 to drink. And if you go and put those around with people and talk to them the right way, you're going to get 50 followers for $30. For sure. And those are real followers, you know, and fans, I should mm-hmm. say fans, because they say, you know, with Instagram, it sucks. And TikTok now, it sucks. There's a lot of followers, but who's your fan? Right. Who's going to come and buy a ticket? Like, mm-hmm. you know. I think you build better connections when you make that 
oh yeah when you meet somebody face to face i mean you have a moment like at the end of the day now you're we're connected timeline wise Mm -hmm. that's just how it works definitely that's a super good point i think social media definitely blinds that a little bit yeah well everybody feels like they could just post you know and i get it don't 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 get me wrong you have to do that too Mm -hmm. but you also have to like meet people and have a conversation with people like people all the time will meet me and be like dude i thought you were gonna be like an asshole Mm -hmm. and i'm like yeah, because you, you assume, yeah, you know on social media, like, right? Definitely. That's definitely him, man. Yeah. yeah. That's a good-ass point. So, um, I did want to hop into, because I think this is very important, especially for people who are, like, bad at taking risks generally. Um, You still travel, yeah. right, for music and work and everything? Okay. And you've traveled to a lot of places. So, how did the... I don't even want to say opportunity because it might not be an opportunity. When did that first start for you? Like, do you remember Traveling? when you first traveled for work? <sighs> That's a good question, dude. That's, these are good questions. I don't know. Now let me think about this. Take your time. So, like, the first time I traveled to make money or, like, the f- first time I, like, traveled just to, like, go and meet people for work? Both, honestly. Because both matter. They're both pivotal. Whatever you would define as your first, like, real collaboration OT. So, obviously, the first one I did for royalty-wise, but I was already in town, so I don't really count it was Ugly God. Because okay. I was already in town then. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I lived in uh, Pittsburgh. I came back, and there was an artist, Marley G. Shout out, Marley G. I'm about to hit you up, too. She was on Love Island. Um, Ooh. And she's a reggaeton artist. And I came back and I, and that was like sort of my first, okay, I'm coming into town specifically for work to make money and to figure this music shit out. Mm-hmm. It did not go anywhere as planned as I thought it was going to because I was not, I don't think I was ready for that yet, to right. be honest. Mm-hmm. I did what I needed to, like, you know, you know, I did what I needed to, but obviously, like, looking back on it, I wish I could do better. Um, but that was like but that first time. Mm-hmm. And then, for my own music, the first time that we actually got to travel was like, you know, personally, like for like performing wise, like not like production. We went to New York. We got booked at Brooklyn Music Kitchen, which is this like venue in Brooklyn mm-hmm. for bands and stuff. And we traveled there for about a week and performed there. And we did like vinyl records and stuff there. And that was fun because like that was sort of like, oh, yeah, we have like a paid trip. Like we actually made some money, you know, right. mm-hmm. you know kind of. You know, that's right. that's kind of that's how the world works. Like when it comes to like the music world, you know, mm-hmm. you hope to break even, you hope to make money, um, but you're really doing it for the publicity. Yeah. I always tell people, you're traveling, you're going to go do that. Me, honestly, I try to make money. Obviously, now I'm making money when it comes to it. But back then, you want to break even. Mm-hmm. Like you don't you don't want to go and you want to think that you're going to make a thousand dollars. Like now it's easier for me to do something like that. Like mm-hmm. back then, you're not making a thousand dollars a week. Right. Break even, get your food, get your stay get your networking, come back and use that clout to sort of charge people or, you know, run, run it up here. Right. Now, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? That's kind of like what it is. Definitely. So, but yeah, I always was traveling. I, you know, I'm going back to San Diego. I'll be in San Diego for a week in October. Mm-hmm. I'm going to Vietnam in February. Oh, that's cool. Um, I live to travel. I, mm-hmm. I didn't get to travel for a little bit. I'm not going to get into it because of past relationship stuff, but we're on good terms. Um, but now I sort of get to travel, and I really didn't get to travel for a little bit. So now, like, this past eight mm-hmm. months, eight, nine months, I've been, like, fucking. Going. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, at, at, at this point, like, you kind of have to. 
true. Like you got to go meet people. Like that's what's been running up my streams. That's what's been running up business period yep. like you go and you meet new people and then they show their people and, and it just, it just yep. spreads if you Cycle. make the right mm -hmm. connections you know, now i'm going to san diego i'm gonna have a paid trip like for that working there for like two three days and i'm probably gonna go to the fucking mountains for a couple of days mm -hmm. see a jungle Definitely. cat or something no. <laughs> <laughs> so what are like the hot spots for you right now in general do you feel like you're somewhere more often like, than other places mean, like going like going places mm -hmm. My hotspot right now is San Diego and California, like in LA. I'm not going to put anything else out there because people know, but like mm -hmm. essentially, like, you know, I'm slowly making that shift out there. I produce for a lot of people out there. Mm -hmm. I'm a part of a, um, just like sort of like a management company, 99, that's out there now. So, like, they've been helping me push a lot of shit, you know. So, evidently, I want to be able to bounce, honestly, split my time. Which right. is crazy to say, but mm -hmm. like it's like it it's doable. Yeah. Like it's doable sure. month here, month here, month here, month here. If the money's there and the money's right. We have a winery over there as well. So I'm sort oh, of cool. trying to mm -hmm. tie that in if you know, you know what I mean. Yeah. But definitely the West Coast at this point. I mean, I'm always in Miami too because that's where my family is. Okay. But I'm really only focused on the West Coast right now. Sure. And you know, I go to Miami for holidays, like I'm gonna go there for um Christmas, like mm -hmm. for like Christmas Day, and then I'll have to come back up here. Yeah. But so, tra like traveling then versus now, do you feel like you're more comfortable with it? Were oh, you ever yeah, like dude. nervous? Traveling back then was ass because I was broke. Yeah. Dude, like, we I was out. Oh my God. And, like, granted, like, you know, I'm still busting my ass. We all mm -hmm. need to get better. But back then, it was like literally, like, and I'm humble. I can say it. Like, sure. you know, I'm going. They're paying for my plane ticket, and I have like forty, fifty dollars in my bank account, and I'm going mm -hmm. to Cali for fucking three days, oh, and I'm like, up. you know, hey, I was, you gonna, I don't, is this point? a kid show or not? Because yeah. I was about to say something wild, but like, it's... I was gonna say I'm gonna be doing reach arounds on the corner out there, dude, <laughs> like real shit. I'm like, I got forty dollars to my name, yeah, and thank God the people around me had money, you know. But oh man, it was. Mm -hmm. That was ass. So now I'm more comfortable because now I like, you know, I can buy some Auntie Annie's on the way or some shit. Right. You know, Auntie Anne's. It's Auntie Annie's. Mm -hmm. no, and it's like, not Auntie but Annie's? Always, is it Auntie Anne's or Auntie Annie's? Okay, I fucked her. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> I guess that's a hot That's a hot take. I don't know. We got to, yeah, look that up. Yeah, real quick. Because now <laughs> I got to know just really quick. But yeah, and, and honestly, mm -hmm. I love, I, oh, but as a kid, you know, I feel, I feel blessed. Like, you know. Mm -hmm. we as a family we traveled sometimes we didn't fly a lot we drove places just because it was way more expensive to fucking fly back then yeah dude. i mean shit it's expensive now but kind of i mean you could get a spirit flight to la for dude i bought my spirit flight round trip for like 200 bucks oh that's nice granted i gotta add a suitcase on right. each so probably like 260 but that's not that bad yeah. you know in comparison to what it used to be it is spirit though I'm mm -hmm. ghetto. I go on Spirit. I'll go to Southwest certain times. The price is right. But, like, dude, I'm just. Yeah, you know. I'm just getting there. Point A, point B. Yeah. Definitely. So, for the people who. Because I, I am going to hop my topic now. For people who might be scared to take that opportunity to travel, words of wisdom. What would you tell yourself when you first started traveling? I'm one of those people. I ain't gonna lie. Yeah, don't don't like ask I me said. to travel for fucking work. I'm gonna be scared. Nervous. Really? That seems big to me, yeah. See, and this is the thing, though, man. The first time I went out there, I was by myself. Mm -hmm. Just meeting people I've never met before. And it was awesome, you know? And this last time I went, 
you know, shout out back to Brazil. We, we, we spoke via Instagram and via phone. And like, you know, the first time we met was when I went out there and, you know, it was awesome. We had such a good weekend. I got mm-hmm. to meet all her people and we met people together and I introduced her to my people that I had right. out there. And, you know, you know, I say it's scary. Like it's mm-hmm. scary. You know, you know, obviously I probably looking back might not have taken a couple of those trips and maybe save some money. So like save your money, take your time and take the trips where it makes sense. Don't just go out there to sit in a hotel room all day. Mm-hmm. You know? Go out there and wait wait for your time to, you know, go. But if an opportunity comes, you got to jump. Like, that's what I believe in. Like, you know, you aren't going to get a lot of opportunities. And if somebody kind of throws something at you and you're like, hey, you know, come perform or come do this or, hey, can we collab on this? You know, I've actually come out of pocket a lot of trips just to go out there and put myself in those mm-hmm. instances. Come home, been fucked up and just grinded it out, you yeah. know, honestly. And it, it was worth it. So, yeah. it'll come back to you for sure definitely but it's scary to hop in water that you don't see the bottom of right but you know know that you can tread water you Mm -hmm. know there ain't sharks in the water yet you know you never know you know Mm -hmm, definitely but you would never know if you until you don't jump in you know i guess that's a bad analogy though but you know but that's just the real if you get it you get it though yeah yeah honestly all right so knowing you have a lot going on i do want to be able to spend some time on just discussing some recent accomplishments, um, some stuff you might have going on on the side that we don't get to, didn't get to get in bulk with. Um, so we did talk about a recent drop that you were having at the time that we first mm-hmm. inquired. That has dropped now, yep. obviously, yes. So can you tell them the name, where they can find it, a little bit about it? So the album is called Voices Tell Lies. Um, I have features from Fed the God, Becca Brazil, Stixo, um, Wyatt Herb. I hope I'm not forgetting anybody because they're going to kill me. And no sleep for zombies. Um, <laughs> I also have a Green Day cover that Green Day let me license on there. So I have two Green Day covers out. They let me license She's a Rebel, which if you know Green Day, it's like one of their songs. That mm-hmm. I did a um, homecoming thing on the album. And honestly, it's just about, you know, going through heartbreak and figuring out, you know, the different stages of grief and understanding that, like, you know, we're humans and you're yeah. able to feel certain things things mm-hmm. you know um it's out on all platforms definitely take a listen it starts like house pop you know and then it kind of transitions into this rock my band's on it a lot i'm um, a lot of like live vibes while there is like in the beginning like that more pop like modern feel mm-hmm. um and yeah dude honestly it was the first solo ep i've dropped since lose my mind back in like 2020 because then I've been focusing on the band right. and I felt like I needed to get some music out to like, you know, say some stuff. And honestly, it's been reciprocated crazy. I'm almost at 30K in the first month. Oh, that's and cool. mm-hmm. it's like all radio shit. And like people are really supporting it, you know, because yeah. you can see in Spotify, like where the streams are coming from and mm-hmm. people have just been reposting it and the love has just been super cool. Yeah. So I'm going to drop another EP in November because I'm going out to, you know, San Diego. Like I said, next month, we're going to finish it. At either Kush Factory or um, Home Run Studios out there mm-hmm. in Hollywood, and get that shit out because that's that you know that this album was kind of for me to just put it out there, get myself back out there, right? You know, and let people know, okay, I'm doing my thing. But now I want to drop this other EP, and I'm gonna be performing at like a couple EDM music festivals. Like when I'm performing solo, it's EDM pop, mm-hmm. which really there's not a lot of stuff here like that. Yeah, which I was definitely sucks. gonna ask, like, what's the vibe of the music? Nothing mm-hmm. here, like, like yeah. it's not is. 
there's no, well, we're going to, I'm collabing, I'm bringing a couple like big DJs from New York. We're going to throw like a college night EDM party. Mm -hmm. And then I'll do a set and like mix my music in because that's kind of like the vibe, you know. But I really, when I'm performing, I perform with No Sleep with Zombies. And mm -hmm. most of the album we perform as well. Obviously not the pop shit. Right. But um, yeah, so definitely check it out. It's cool. You know, the cover's blue. You'll see it as soon as you, you know, search up Turn Me Up Town. Mm -hmm. And let me know what you think. Yeah. Do you have anything in the works like right now? Stuff people should be looking forward to other than, like you said, November? Um, I was going to say some shot. Um, I was going to say... <laughs> Uh, I'm gonna have a baby in December. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> no, I'm gonna shoot a music video to "Beating Like a Drum." So me, when we go out to San Diego, me and Becker are gonna shoot that music video for "Beating Like a Drum." That's gonna be awesome. And then we're gonna shoot the uh, video with Fed on the way back. Mm -hmm. So we'll have two music videos coming, and then we have a "No Sleep for Zombies" album coming too. That's gonna be fun. I don't know if we're gonna get it out before the new year. We'll probably drop two singles mm -hmm. and drop it January first because we dropped our last album January first. But um, really look be on the lookout for those music videos. We're putting money into it. It's going to be a lot of fun. Do you, like, creatively direct your own? Or do you just basically team-based? Honestly, team I guess it just depends. Because I have. Mm -hmm. I have in the past. Like, honestly, my brain has been fried recently. So yeah. I have ideas. So I'm kind of giving these videos off and seeing kind of what the... You know who Andy Q is? Mm -mm. I really want to work with Andy Q. I didn't even hit you up yet, Andy's, but I'm going to hit you up. I want to work with him. He's super cool. And I could tell he has a vision. So I'm going to kind of give him my idea and like let him go with it. Mm -hmm. um, but I want to get part of my freaking set animated. Like, mm. that, like it's set, mm -hmm. uh, video animated. Like I want to get, I know an animator, but animation is expensive as fuck. As hell, yeah. Like expensive as shit. Like it's like $500 to $1,000 a minute. Yeah. That's a tedious ass job. That's why. Yeah. And he's good. But imagine if a video started like here. And then evidently, like, went into, like, animate animation. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But not in a tacky way. Not in a tacky way. Because we're not trying to do, like, you know, yeah. nothing too stupid. You know what I mean? We no, I get it, cool. <laughs> No, that's cool, though. Yeah. That's exciting, though. So you got a nice end of the year coming, basically. Oh, yeah. I think I'm fourth quarter pressure all the way. Yeah. Summer, I don't know what it is. Every time summer happens, I take too many shrooms, smoke too much weed. Like, I, mm -hmm. I, I do, I get my shit done, but, like, music-related, we're just performing so much yeah it's so laid really back to... summer's a lot more laid back that's what i was saying like i'm in the house working when it's cold i feel like that gives it more see we're just performing so my summers aren't too laid back that's what sucks like my fall ends up being a little laid back in mm -hmm. terms of performances because it's it's for bands it's it's freaking um festival season mm -hmm. like at dutch town there's like festival after festival so we're playing every week and that gets draining to write music like you don't really write music when you're performing so right. much you know, I was talking to Seiko about that, actually. Like, when you're constantly doing shit, it's kind of hard to, like, detach and then write. Because mm -hmm. you're like, oh, my God, like, I have to get X, Y, and Z done. Right. But I'm sitting you can't here even really this. Zen. Yeah. yeah. A lot of my... The last thing I did want to touch on, which I told you to pause in the beginning, the winery. Like, I need okay. I need a little bit more of the details. Okay. Because I'm trying to see. I want to go to a wine tasting or some type of wine event. Oh, we could do... I I'll, really I'll, love I'll wine. I'll schedule a private tasting you guys can come we could do like a little tiktok like we can yeah like seriously because i really love wine oh so um i guess it's kind of crazy recently like i've been really shifted into like a big role for the forge mm -hmm. i kind of should just start early on like 
I have a company called Spring Alternative, which okay. is like a music booking company. It's just like a booking agency. Now, I guess we're getting into marketing and like stuff for businesses as well. Mm -hmm. um, we started that three years ago. And honestly, we started it because we couldn't find shows. I was a solo artist. We were always solo artists and we couldn't find shows. So we were like, we're going to like book our own shows. So we're going to go and find a venue like Club Cafe and we're going to book it, mm -hmm. you know, because it, it, it's weird, right? It's all how you dress something. Right. So, like, we would hit them up, you know, from, like, you know, our personal emails. This is back in the day, and we weren't really that reputable at the time. You know, mm -hmm. you know hey, like, we want to throw a show. We're, you know, no sleeper zombies, whatever. Or back then, oh, just turn me up tone. And they'd be like, oh, whatever. But now when you're like, hey, this is tone from Spring Alternative, and we're trying to book a show for April 9th. Mm -hmm. These are our artists. This is our timeline. Let me know the budget. They're like, okay, boom. So, I, you know, yeah. we kind of made it to where it was easy for these venues to just say, okay, bet, boom. Right. Done. We would look on their calendar. We say, oh, that Saturday's open, fucking four months in advance. Yeah. Dress it, send it to them. And all they could say was bet, boom. Mm -hmm. And we slowly were getting into these venues and building up. And the Forge was one of them. The Forge was just one venue we would throw a show at every few months. Then we threw our Fall Slam Music Festival, which shout out everybody else at Spring Alternative because they really helped put that shit together. It was a day-long music festival that we threw. Mm -hmm. And after that, they were like, hey, we want you to like sort of come into this more booking-wise. Mm -hmm. So I would do one show a month there, then two shows, three shows, four shows. And then they were like, hey, can you do it all? So now I'm in charge of the, our whole schedule. So if I want to be open on Monday for a tour date, we'll schedule it and we'll do it. Shout out Stephanie because she... You know, they, they, they look at my ideas and they honestly trust me because we've built this, such a relationship. Mm -hmm. So mainly we're open Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Live events are Wednesday, Friday, Saturday. Sunday and Thursdays are usually like our free events. Sunday's like a jazz chill day. And then mm -hmm. Thursday's like a open stage type of vibe. Like people can come and like really just if you're a musician and you didn't get you like you can't get booked here yet. Yeah. Come to our open stage, you know, and. We kind of like watch for people and try to throw oh, open, cool. you know, openers for them. Look, that's an opportunity right there. You know, so, mm -hmm. and now, uh, you know, after I've been doing that full time for them for like six, seven months recently, I've been kind of shifting into this brand ambassador role. So now I'm just trying to sell and get, you know, the wine to as many people as I can, yeah. you know, restaurants, um, businesses, even places other, you know, than Pittsburgh. So, mm -hmm. you know, we're trying to do a Marriott deal. Where like you know the Marriotts will have our wine, and it's really opening my mind up to other business. Yeah, you know, because my whole life I've been music, which I love music, and I think what I'm good at is business, though, because yeah. I figured out the music business, mm -hmm. you know, and how to maneuver that. So now I'm in business, and it's kind of like I'm around these other promoters, and it kind of just happened naturally. So now I want to in 2024. We're going to be taking on more venues. Yep. Um, people are asking if we're going to do management stuff. I don't think we're going to do management stuff just because it's hard to manage artists. Like, mm -hmm. yeah, let's just keep it simply like that. It's hard yeah. to manage artists, right. but we want to help manage businesses and get social medias out there. And, you know, because like, for example, when I started with the Forge, the Forge's Instagram about three, five, eh, it was like three and a half, four months ago, we were at 300 followers. Now we're at like 810. Oh, that's cool. So it's, yeah. you know, the, the the proof is in the pudding, as people would say. So right. we want to help people get to that next level, and we're going to make it to where we can kind of build each other, you know? Mm -hmm.
So that's kind of what my role is now at the Forge. You know, I book every, you know, every show there and, you know, we try to do private events and it's a blessing, you know, follow the Forge Urban Winery. Next month we have like drink specials. So we're doing like $4 shots of tequila. We have like well shots. We're trying to go crazy for October. We also have Wi-Fi's funeral coming. I don't know if you're familiar with Wi-Fi's funeral. Um, he's like, you get a chance to look him up. He kind of yeah. like got popping like with the XXX and Tess, you know, okay. type of people. Mm-hmm. But he's coming and we already sold like 130 tickets or something. Like that so that's going to be a big event. And we're going to have like, you know, little Halloween drinks yeah. and such. But oh, that's cool. Yeah, I got to definitely come past. You're coming, dude. I'm, uh, what we'll sure. do is I'm going to set up a time like Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday. You guys can come. We'll get mm-hmm. like a charcuterie board. You guys can try the wine. Definitely. Because we need people to do uh, re- like reviews. Yeah. So, like, we're actually doing this. I'm glad that you're bringing this up because you guys would be perfect. We, it's like an app that you put the wine in. Yeah, yeah. And, like, we, mm-hmm. we want to be on the app. We want to be ranked, I right. guess, on the app. So, mm-hmm. come, get drunk. Right. Literally. You know, Uber there because you're probably going to have to Uber mm-hmm. back. You yeah. Know, our wine is strong. Like, very strong. But it's good. Yeah. It's Y'all good. heard that. Y'all stopped past two. Mm-hmm. Um, so... I do have to cut it here because mm-hmm. I'm running very close on timing. You, I'm, you have to come back one of these days, though, because I have a lot more questions. Um, but before I officially end the episode, I like to ask the guests, what is one thing you feel like people should talk more about? Um, I guess not to keep it vague and whatever, but I think people should just talk more. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I think there's like a weird thing that it is now where like somebody will, you know, be at a bar and like you're sitting there and you're kind of just like, you know, right? Eh, just say what's up, you know, like break the ice, start talking because you never know who you're going to run into. Like right. I am the type of person that if I'm on an airplane, I'm sitting next to somebody, mm-hmm. we're talking until I fall asleep or until, you know, yeah. we're, but we're talking, we're networking and I've met so many people that I've made money off of. Yeah. You know, to keep it simple, I've made more money off of meeting random people than I have trying to make friends with friends. Mm. You know, so if you see somebody, you don't know who the fuck they are. Right. Just say what's up, you know, you know, and just talk. It doesn't have to be about anything in specific, you know, just just For talk. Sure. You know. So. Definitely. Oh, that was a word right there. Okay, well, I want to thank you for coming. Dude, I really did appreciate you. it. It was really nice to meet you. Yes, dude. I, you are you know, insightful. I met you before, but I didn't get to meet you guys, so. Yes, yeah, so that was great. Was um, I do appreciate you coming. I'm going to leave um, all your socials in the description of this video. Um, but if you want to just shout them out one more time, any affiliation shout outs that you want to make before we actually close it off. Okay. Now's your time. Follow me on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, all that fun stuff at Turn Me Up Tone. My name is Tone. Um, you can also follow our band, No Sleep for Zombies, in the Forge Urban Winery. You'll probably see me there mostly every night. So it was awesome being here. And it, like, you know, likewise, it was cool meeting you. Yes, thank you. And I want to thank you guys for tuning into the podcast. I will catch you on the next episode. What you mean, y'all talk? Y'all talk, y'all talk, y'all talk.